Greetings. Welcome back to the solo podcast Anime One at a Time, where I take a pause for the series I'm watching among the hustle and bustle of the shiny new anime of today, also exploring the undervalued and unknown. I'm the host, Lita, and this is episode eight. Ooh, episode eight. That feels like a massive triumph saying that. <laughs> So, by the time this comes out, it will be December, because this is was, well, supposed to be November's episode, but um, yeah, things got busy in November. I am still going to class this as November's episode, but um, I am doing something for December, but uh, I just haven't figured it out quite yet. Definitely something Christmassy. It's either going to be focusing on a single series or I might mix things up. But uh, we'll see what happens with that. God, we are fast approaching the end of 2021. And um, oh, feels weird to be saying that. But here we are because this year has gone by so quickly. And um, if you are new here or you're a current listener of this podcast, I don't know really. Um, my last episode, you can definitely check out. I never give self promo for my previous episodes. You know why? Because I forget. But yes, previous episode you can listen to where I did a Halloween one focusing on Blood Plus. And for this episode, which we are really going to get straight into because I could be here all day saying like what I've been up to the past month. You know, I have watched quite a lot of anime. I have. Won't lie there. And there's been announcement after announcement of all these new anime. Y'all, I just... I just can't keep up anymore. <laughs> I just can't. So, you know, look, if for future reference I have something extremely interesting to say at the beginning of the episode, I will. But this time around, it's like, you know what? Today we've got the purpose. We have the anime we're going to be talking about. And get excited. Those who like their old anime. Yes, we are talking some old anime. And this one in particular did take me about a month to complete. This was just because I was, you know, busy watching it on and off. But it was fulfilling enjoyment the whole time. So this episode actually might not be as long as my other ones because I kind of know this series um, like the back of my head. I wouldn't say like fullest to the extent, but um, this series for me uh, is very easy to follow. It was in particular. So without further ado, let's get this episode eight rolling. So the focus of this episode is on a series again, which I feel like I'm going to say a thousand times over about every series I talk about on this podcast uh, that has been on my list forever. It has. It came out in 1995 and I watched uh, the version, well, the TV version, because I'll explain in a second because there's quite a few versions of this uh, particular uh, anime. Um, I watched the 26th episode TV series of this. It's original. It's your isekai uh, drama fantasy, a little bit of romance. Um, it is by a studio named AIC. And um, it is El Hazard, the Wanderers. Or there is the other option of the OVA series, which is a seven-part series, which is called El Hazard, the Magnificent World. So 
probably all confused you right off the bat. Like, what? There's two versions of this show. Yes, I will explain. So it's funny how I was introduced to El Hazard and I still find even today it's not talked about that much but then I couldn't put it in the category of oh it's like rare um, completely unknown but still I put it in the realm of it's still you know unknown a bit these days but like you know older fans like me still remember this series and I watched the seven part OVA series this is going back oh my god um seven or eight years it's been and um the plot of the OVA and the TV series does differ a lot in how they begin but they have the same setup of the characters and everything else but yeah the plots are very different and um I didn't realize that until I decided to watch the TV series I actually even went and bought it I ended up buying it off eBay it took about um a month to get here I bought it through a um third party um seller that gets them directly from America because this was brought out years and years ago by I think Nozomi Entertainment so I do own the proper copy um the American copy I do so it's wonderful that I can even own it still and also like the seven part OVA series recently got a re-release uh, the first part came out um last year and then just in the last month or so finally the second part of the OVA series came out on blu-ray thanks to the wonderful discotech as always props to them guys for bringing us these re-releases of these series that I just love so much so that is my introduction into El Hazard. I started off with the OVA series, but for the longest time, I didn't know the TV series existed. And I just, you know, wondered, I wonder how these two differ. And oh my God, the OVA and the TV series could not be more different in plot, but all the characters are there. And by the end of this, me talking about the TV series, which I'm going to focus on in particular this time around, I can tell you what is worth your time, to be honest, because there is an answer to this of how you should watch El Hazard. Well, my opinion anyway, and what I would personally prefer so how El Hazard, the TV series and OVA start is similar, I will say, you know, how um, the characters are transported to the world of called El Hazard. But in the TV series, which we're going to go with here, starts off with um, Makoto, who is one of the central characters. He is currently doing a science experiment for, I believe, you know, the usual Japanese school festival. And um, which goes horribly wrong when um, his kind of arch rival, well, Makoto doesn't seem as an arch rival, but Jenai, who is one of the most annoying characters in anime I've ever come across, I will express that later on, but Jenai just holds a grudge towards Makoto since they were kids of how, you know, he's so good at everything or... Jenai tried to always get the upper hand on Makoto and that never happened. So 
Jedi thought I'll sabotage Makoto's experiment. And then the moment um, Jedi's sister Nanami walks in, they are all transported to the world of El Hazard after Makoto's um, experiment, which is sabotage. Goes all haywire and wrong. And also uh, along who end up going to El Hazard besides Nanami, Jedi, Makoto is um, their teacher, Masamichi. He is kind of very laid back dude, um, drunk most of the time. <laughs> and so, yeah, these guys are sent to the world of El Hazard. And, and while for a while Makoto tries to figure out how to get everybody back home. They end up staying at the kingdom or the palace of Rashtaria under the ruler of Princess Rune. And uh, you can see there where maybe the romance comes in. Can't lie, they will be between Makoto and Rune. That is going to be pretty obvious right off the bat. And just from there, things get really, really just messy, a bit chaotic, weird, and don't really make sense. Uh, The plot of the TV series for El Hazard, I'll be brutally honest. It's like me saying that, why should I bother telling you guys about this series? Because... You know, in my honest opinion, like, you know, I wouldn't recommend watching the TV series just because of how, um, if you care about plot a lot, uh, it's not that stable. But there were things in this TV series, despite all that, that I ended up, like, really enjoying. So I still think it's worth to talk about and mention. And I am still talking about El Hazard as a whole, but, you know, I'm just focusing on here and what I watched. But... In terms of the plot for the TV series, yeah, uh, nothing made sense half the time. Kind of in the beginning, it's focused on, you know, oh yeah, we should, we got to get home, guys, Makoto is saying. So Princess Rune ends up sending Masamichi, Makoto, and I uh, can't remember the name of the girl that goes with them with blue hair. Um, little sidekick, I guess we'll call her. Um, Rune sends them to see the three priestesses, uh, who supposedly might have the answer to going home. But, um, it's very episodical in how Makoto and the others meet these priestesses. And for a while, I was wondering, what is their place in this story? But, and in the end, I came to the conclusion they are just, well, there, really. Um, but they are hilarious, which are Miz, who's elemental of the water um, power, water priestess. Shayla, who controls the elemental power of fire. And then we have Aphra, who controls the elemental power of wind. So their place in the story, uh, I still question even now. And then somewhere in between in the series, there's one episode that focuses on the background story of Shayla and Aphra, which was really cute, but like just did not feel necessary to add that in there. Because, I, you know, I did end up coming to care about the priestesses, but their place in like the story for the TV series I felt was maybe a bit misplaced but then again there's quite a few things that do feel misplaced in this series oh god one was um Jenai uh Makoto's rival which Jenai's the only one that sees that not Makoto um Jenai ends up going to the enemy side 
the bugram. Ha! God, that sounds so terrifying. These dumb bugs. That's really what they are. Really like dumb bugs. What a name to put for the villain of this series called the bugram. Oh, what's even worse? The leader who is known as Queen Diva. Wow. Uh, really, really scary on that one. Um, I felt like Jedi really fitted in with that crowd because he is not the brightest bulb at all. And oh my God, if there's one thing that is probably going to annoy you about this series, which did for me, is Jedi's laugh. It is like the most annoying laugh in anime that I've ever heard. Seriously, it is like overkill, especially when I was watching this in the English dub, as I do with 90 shows always. Oh, by the way, the English dub is cheesy as hell and some of the dialogue is, oh my God. Um, it is 90s priceless dialogue. Um, if you are someone that does watch 90s series or older anime, Oh, I just gotta love some of those cheesy lines, but the English dub voice for Jedi, how would they do the laugh? I don't know how their lungs survived after doing it, because it's so goddamn annoying. Holy crap. I'm not, I will not be doing a impersonation of it on this podcast, no, because it will burst your eardrums. You can just Google it on YouTube as something, Jedi's laugh, or I believe some of the episodes are up on YouTube as well, which they shouldn't be, but you can go listen to his annoying laugh. Oh my God. So Jedi would come up with all these dastardly plans to thwart Makoto and the others. And um, you know what? It is just some hilarious good fun of the little plans Jedi cooks up. And um, I think also you can say that about El Hazard as a whole. Like, even though this Isekai is quite messy at points, especially with the plot, it was so some good stupid fun it was if especially you're in a mood where like you need that pick me up and you just feel like you want to watch something dumb kind of mood okay maybe that's not a great recommendation line for you to go and watch this series but honestly that was the mood I was in when I wanted to watch El Hazam's like I want to watch something dumb that looks like it's gonna be messy and seriously this series did live up to it um now in terms of another messy part oh yes in terms of the characters um it's normally towards the end of i believe from remembering the ova and the tv series the plot does pick up in seriousness i seem this cataclysmic event involving the demon god and i ends up discovering the power of the demon god which is this like mechanical robot that has been designed to look like a girl she has different names in the ova she's called carla and then in the tv series she's called Iferita. and these two could not be more different um in terms of bit of personality. Uh, Carla in the OVA series, she is um, very much like a doll. Um, not much emotion there. And she doesn't really come out of a shell, if I remember towards the end of the OVA series. I actually ended up liking her more than Iferita, which we have in the TV series. Iferita um, was not how the name suggests a demon god, she did not act like one at all. She was very much program-like to be a goody two-shoes. And Jedi tried to uh, mold her into being evil. It just did not work. And those moments were... <laughs> 
stupidly hilarious they were. If Arita, um, if she was sent to go destroy some buildings and that, she'd be like, I'm going to hurt all these people. And Jenna's like, come on, show your angry face, your fury. And it's it's pretty hilarious. Um, I did like that part um, that came up a few times during the course of the show where if Arita would just try to be evil and it just did not work for her character. But also, I felt like at the same time, you know, it was funny. Her character felt so wasteful, it did. And especially towards the end of the series. So that's why I prefer um, the Demon God in the OVA series. I don't know, I felt more of a pull from that one emotionally. This Iferita in the TV series was kind of wasted which is a shame but it still entertained me mostly Jedi trying to control her and being evil and just never worked out for the guy like most things didn't oh there was one cool aspect to the plot um when Makoto Masamichi Jedi and Nanami were all sent to this world they all were sent with a power they all possessed a power like Masamichi's is right obvious off the bat um he has the power of strength but if he drinks too much, he loses his strength pretty quickly. But the others don't discover theirs like till later on. One hilarious scene I remember it was more towards the end of the series where Princess Rune is kidnapped, which that part never makes sense quite much. But you know, you just the series rolls with the punches. Um, Nanami and Jen are actually brother and sister, and they end up with the power of understanding um, two different cultures. So there's the scene where Nanami's standing next to Princess Rune and where she's been kidnapped. And then there's Jedi and Queen Diva of the Bagram. And Jedi can understand Queen Diva and Nanami can understand what Princess Rune's saying. But Princess Rune and Queen Diva, they can't understand each other at all. So Jedi and Nanami end up putting words in their mouth where Queen Diva wants to make peace. Uh, with Princess Rune. But Jenna's like, no, we're gonna not, don't want peace. We're gonna take you on. We're gonna take over the kingdom, Rashtaria. And then, of course, Nanami does the same because uh, Nanami and um, Jenna's sibling rivalry kind of overtakes very quickly, fast, and then things kind of explode. And yeah, much like quite a few scenes in this series, but I'm just giving you an example. I don't want to like spoil all of it. It's such as if you choose to give this series a try. But yeah, there's, ah, those scenes, the English dialogue really shines and the English dub was fantastic to my ears. It was lovely and cheesy some really crappy at times dialogue um, and things that I wasn't expecting to hear. Uh, so as a 90s fan, it really hit the spot for me with the dub uh, cheesiness. That is, ah, that is what you expect. <laughs> so El Hazard is like a isekai. I think the TV series definitely falls flat on a few things, whereas the OVA um, is more solid. So if I was to say how you should watch this series, then honestly, the OVA. I don't think this was good as a TV series, personally, because how wonky the plot was. But at the same time, I appreciate and loved the wonkiness. And, you know, as myself, I consider a big 90s fan, you know, I'm going to watch anything and everything. And there were things I still found to appreciate about El Hazard, the Wanderers TV series. But if you really want, you know, to get the full, you know, potential 
fullness out of this um, particular anime franchise, I would definitely go with the OVA. And you can only actually watch the OVA by purchasing the Blu-ray, so go support the Blu-ray, guys. But if you want to watch El Hazard, um, the TV series... Sorry, El Hazard the Wanderers. I keep forgetting to add the Wanderers on the end of it. Um, you can watch that on VRV YouTube and Crunchyroll, which is fantastic that you can, you know, actually watch it legally, which is great. Um, now I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to add on to this um, that I did love that I feel like I'm going to forget. Oh, yeah, um, opening themes. Oh, they were like cheesy as hell like it was sung by a band I'd never even heard of um I love love the first opening though just when that electric guitar sound comes in like classic 90s electric guitar oh man and then those cheesy lyrics came in like I was I was sold on it already I actually never skipped the opening throughout the t- while watching this even the second one was even like more cheesy um kept repeating a lot of the same word but ah oh, loved it ah oh, just watching El Hazard was some great fun that I was really needing because it's been a while since I've actually watched any kind of 90s series and honestly tells me to kick my ass in gear and watch definitely a few more. Now there is something I did forget to mention that was is actually a continuation for the TV series which is called um, El Hazard The Alternative World. That came out later in 1998 but was not by the same director, by a different director. And I mean, you know, it was cool when I watched it, but, you know, I wouldn't go back and watch it. It was nice to see the characters. It was, um, the series was focused on, you know, just something irrelevant to what happened in, like, the main plot. But honestly, you know, I was pretty satisfied with how the TV series at least ended. I was, um, but yeah, I didn't feel like... The, the second season, The Alternative World, was that necessary. But, you know, there's always sometimes second seasons come along that you don't feel like are necessary. So put that in that uh, bag of not necessary. So this episode was a lot shorter than I normally do, but I did say that at the beginning of this. So if you really are keen to give El Hazard a well, honestly, go watch the OVA. Now that I made that fair comparison from watching the TV series compared to the OVA, but I still do enjoy this really fun isekai. Um, if you want to watch something, well, I would say it's similar, but in terms of like, you know, high school student going to a different world, um, definitely The Vision of Escaflone, which oh, is one of my favorites. And I have not yet talked about it on here yet, but I will. But I need to rewatch it first. So like I'm all prepared, even though I've rewatched that series over the years like seven times. So until next time, where I take a pause to appreciate the series that I'm watching or I've watched. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. And haven't figured that out yet for Christmas. No.